High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, point guards, shooting guards, power forwards, small forwards, centers, or whatever position you play on the basketball team. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, some form of school is still in session. So let's chat about your homework assignment. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. So first off, this is the first time I've been able to really record since the meat of the whole COVID-19 coronavirus epidemic pandemic that we're going through now. It's just crazy how things change every single day and how they seem to just get worse and worse and worse. My heart goes out there for everyone. Remember, guys, stay safe. You can look up your ways that your government is telling you to, you know, help help us get through this and help stop the spread of this disease. It's it's terrible. It's changed the very fabric of our society. People I know are losing their jobs. And, you know, I didn't want to begin on such a dour note, but it is what it is. I can't ignore it. It kind of makes me think like, what's the point of doing this podcast? I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that literally. Like, is this a distraction? Is it just for me personally? I'm not sure, but if I'm talking to one person right now, I feel it's my obligation just to really speak about what's going on in my life, maybe peeling the curtain back and just getting real, getting real on High School Slumber Party, getting real in the classroom. I actually just got back from my honeymoon, believe it or not. So me and Mrs. High School Slumber Party got married last year and took a little bit of time to really go where we wanted to go, South Africa, which was a dream trip for us. So, you know, um, when we left, yeah, there was coronavirus scare, but it was not nearly as big as it is today as of this recording. We were there, we had a blast, we went to Cape Town, beautiful country, climb Table Mountain, which was awesome, visited Robert Island, which was the prison of Mandela. You know, it was so moving, so awesome. I learned so much. You know, this is not really a travel podcast, but it's something where, you know, I was just so happy there. But unfortunately, due to the pandemic, we had to leave early, took a very, very long series of flights, first to Johannesburg, then to Abu Dhabi, then back to New York. It was a lot of time on the plane, so if I sound tired today, I apologize. But that's not nearly the struggle that a lot of people are going through. While these are sad times, and it's really hard to be optimistic, 
I'm going to try my best to be optimistic, and I hope you guys do that too. Of course, follow everything, as I said, that like the government or health organizations are telling you. We need to be done with this as soon as possible, as safely as possible, and we can do it, guys. I know it. You know, I'm excited. I'm excited for what lies ahead of us once we get through this period, this very, very dark period. And while some of us are in isolation and we should all be practicing social distancing, we're in a unique time in our lives, right? We're in a unique time in world history. For better or worse, the sharing of information is, you know, like it's never been like this before. We've, of course, had outbreaks before. We've, of course, had disasters before, but never in a period like this. And it could be used for bad and it could be used for good, right? Like... The bad is just the dissemination of wrong information and even just negative attitudes and just going back and forth of just crap, political crap, whatever it might be. But the positive is that while we're all kind of on our own right now in terms of, you know, whether it be in our homes or with our families, we can still communicate. We can still talk. We can still share our feelings in a healthy and positive way. And we could still find distractions in our lives, because we need those distractions, especially right now. So with that being said, I hope High School Slumber Party for you today is a nice little respite from all the crap and evil going on in the world right now. Please, that's all I ask, that, you know, we take this time and just be safe, be happy, and be positive. And by the way, we have a super positive movie today. I'm glad, so glad that it happened to land on this one. Whoa, 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 the bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. So, wait, hmm, that's not really good social distancing if we're still in school, right? So let's pretend this is homeschool, if you will, and we're just chatting, so maybe the bell dismisses you, maybe it doesn't dismiss you, anyway, whatever. We're talking about Hoosiers today. It's still March Madness. While the real March Madness, the college basketball championships, have been canceled, it's still March Madness on High School Slumber Party. And we're talking about a film called Hoosiers. This film is a sports film. It's a cornerstone of sports cinema. And it's very, very positive. Hope you did your homework and watched it. By the way, I hope you did your homework last week and watched Hoop Dreams and listened to our episode. Kirkland Shepard was awesome. It was one of my favorite episodes. I love doing a documentary. Maybe if there's another high school documentary, we'll do that one as well. But today, Gene Hackman, Hoosiers, and my guest is maybe my most frequent guest? I'd have to say so. Mike Manzi of Third Time's a Charm, of Cage Club, of Keanu Club, of Fridays Are for Fun, will be joining us today to chat Hoosiers. Now, this was recorded a couple weeks ago, so there's no coronavirus in-jokes or mentions, or at least I don't think so. And, you know, I I hope you just enjoy it. I I really do. But before we get into the episode, i got to get my homework out of the way. Remember, you could listen to this show wherever you get your podcasts. Places like where you're listening now, whether that be Spotify, whether that be Stitcher, whether that be Apple Podcasts, whether that be Google Play. And you could always find us on the flagship, cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me, home of so many other great Cage Club shows pop culture podcasts. If you want that distraction, I said, you got plenty of it on cageclub.me. Also, we're on social media. Follow us there. Like, subscribe, do everything 
that it takes to help High School Slumber Party move along. And by the way, of course, we're on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. Holler at me. Talk to me. Could use a friend right now. And if you could use a friend, message me. We'll talk. So without further ado, I might need to change this because, again, social distancing. Put on your favorite jammies. Tell your mom you're staying at home, but we'll chat on the phone. Like, oh my god. In high school or, like, middle school, I used to be on the phone for, like, hours with my friends. Hours! And now, like, someone calls me, like, why aren't you texting me? Society has changed. But where was I? Okay, put on your favorite jammies. Tell your mother you're going to be on the phone with Brian. Because we're about to get our social distancing party on. I leave you with a song that's one of the themes from Hoosiers, whatever, it's motivational. Class dismissed. So, Mike, I hope you laced up those Chuck Taylors because we're going back to the court today, continuing our March Madness series of films with a classic. But again, you know, we, we want to get into this right away. So, Mike, I don't need to tell you how to introduce yourself. You've probably introduced yourself more than anyone else on this podcast. Oh, man. So I am Mike Manzi, RHS, class of 97, go Maroons, which I think I'd rather be a Maroon than a Hoosier. I think we'll get we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm not sure. Are they even called Hoosiers in this? I'm not sure. Well, the film is called Hoosiers, and just to correct anyone out there, a Hoosier is just someone from Indiana. Oh, okay. I thought that was the mascot of the team, but they're called something else, I think. Well, like Indiana like University, they're called the Hoosiers, but that's just because like you can call anyone okay. from Indiana a Hoosier, so that's why it's called Got that. it. Got it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you were recently on Teen Wolf. Very different basketball <laughs> movie today, that's yes. for sure. I don't yeah, think you get two more opposite basketball movies. No, no, uh, nothing supernatural going on here. Way more dramatic, way more serious. We ended up doing three movies for March Madness, three basketball movies, and all three of them couldn't be more different because the one between... This one and Teen Wolf was Hoop Dreams, which is the first documentary oh. I've ever done. So, yeah. <laughs> Three very significantly different basketball stories, but I love it. There are a lot of good high school basketball films, actually, and we'll yeah. cover some more down the road. And non-high um, school basketball films. <laughs> of course, yeah. I love White Man Can't Jump. Like That's one of oh, my yeah. favorite movies. But I digress. We're here for Hoosiers. What's your history with this film? Had you seen it before? So this is actually the first time I've ever seen this movie. I've been very aware of it, though, since uh, I was a kid. I mean, this 
high school and middle school coaches loved this movie when <laughs> I was growing up. Like, if, I think there were posters hanging in the gym teacher's office. I'm a big Gene Hackman fan, but this has always sort of been a hole in my uh, sort of hack viewing experience. You know, it's funny, like... Uh, when Joey and I started doing the Keanu Club, Keanu started doing some more like sports films and things. And my sort of uh, online persona is one of that's more like didn't like sports movies, isn't mm-hmm. into sports films and stuff. But gradually over time and doing more podcasts and watching more of them, I am kind of into sports films. I think I just like funny sports movies, you know, like sports comedies, something more on the line of Teen Wolf, something more on the line of whatever the ones Keanu did, The Replacements, right? Another Hackman movie. Oh, yeah, uh, I forgot there about we that. There we go. <laughs> there we go. You know, not to tip my hat too much, but like this, this wasn't exactly like my favorite film while I was watching. I don't, I don't like hate it. I think there's like a general audience for it, and I'm not, I'm not sure it falls within my zone necessarily. <laughs> so you're playing the zone defense? You're not playing man-to-man? Yeah, we're, we're sticking with the zone defense. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing the, we're going to paint the fence. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a different movie we covered, but I think it's called The Picket Fence or something. I that's don't know. it, that's it, yeah. Whatever Hoffman. Um, I, guess, I guess Karate Hoffman. Kid was a sports movie, technically. No, but Dennis Hopper has like some fence metaphor yeah, yeah, in this fence. That's it. Yeah, okay. A lot of fences. Yeah. A lot of fences. Yeah. I'd seen this movie once before, and to be honest with you, I was kind of in your camp the first time I saw it. It was like a couple years ago. Not that I hated it, but it's like so. At least like growing up, like you said, it was so ingrained in our culture. Like one of the best sports movies ever. I don't think it hit the mark of that time, but I have to say I really enjoyed it on this watch. You know, yeah, and we'll we'll get into reasons why, but uh mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I think it's a perfectly well made movie. Like you know what I'm saying? Like there's nothing nothing wrong with it technically or anything like that. But I just think it's a little too sappy. You know, like it's definitely pulling for heartstrings from the start. I mean it's small town Indiana in nineteen fifty one. I was not aware this was gonna be a period piece. I'd always thought it took place like in the eighties. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is also high school basketball, you know, of course that's why covering it high school. So it's not like it's even college ball. Right? So it's hard to find the prestige outside of just small town hope. Or which is fine, which is good and which is sort of what this one's all about, right? It's about like this pretty broken town that finds its spirit with this new coach again and everything. So uh, it's just a lot of not what I was expecting. I think it's important to understand, especially maybe if you're not too familiar with the sports uh, landscape in America, that like basketball in Indiana is the most important sport, especially in high school, to the point where like, you know, most states, high school football rules, obviously Texas, but I would say most states. Of course. Yes. (laughs) I would say most places in the U.S., though, like, the football team, they're the kings. Not that the basketball team are dorks or something, you know, but, like, things usually revolve around football. But in Indiana, it's basketball. Okay. Uh, it's just, like, the most important thing to them. It's one of, like, the, you know, the birthplaces of basketball. So much so that high school basketball used to even be more popular than pro basketball in Indiana. Is it really one of the birthplaces of basketball? No. I mean, I think um, all I really know is, like, Larry Bird from, like... You know, and that's like around this area. They even mentioned French Lick at one point in this movie 
Yeah, so I would say it's one of like the heartlands of basketball in a sense that a lot of people associate basketball, I guess, like with urban communities and street ball. And again, we saw that in like uh, Hoop Dreams. But, you know, I don't think a lot of people maybe outside the United States really realize that, you know, a lot of significant basketball athletes have come from Indiana. Larry Bird is a perfect example. Yeah, it's like farm ball. Right? Yeah, <laughs> the hick from French Lick, you know, <laughs> that's what they called him. And this movie's 1986, so, you know, it's right in the bird wheelhouse. Yeah, it's definitely like a cultural thing. One thing I will say about this movie, though, while it's a high school movie, this is clearly like Dennis Hopper, too, but this is clearly a Gene Hackman film. You know, yeah. if, we had ha- if we had Hackman Club, we'd probably be all <laughs> over this. Which, not a bad idea. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that's also one of the things that I didn't quite like about it, right, is sort of the story is, uh, like, for a two-hour movie, and, you know, I wouldn't say there's, like, a ton of bass. I think there's the appropriate amount of basketball, actually, to be quite honest with you. But I never got to know the team, which was very odd to me. Like, I thought for sure we were going to be following kids home and seeing what they're doing, sort of like the Bad News Bears in a way, you mm-hmm. know? Like, that's just one of my favorite sports films. I think that does it really well, where you learn who the coach and the team is very well and get a lot of sports in. So I was I was very shocked to to find out that yeah we're gonna just we're gonna follow Hackman try and get with one of the teachers and they spent a lot of time trying to get Jimmy to play. There's all that stuff with Dennis Hopper, which is like good stuff, but like completely out of nowhere kind of thing, you know, when he asks him for help. That's like so I was a little put off by uh, just how much this is like coach hackman's movie yeah it's more about the adults than the kids i think though in like when you think about sports films if this comes out today it's definitely like panned right because it's like like you said it could be cliche at times a little bit corny but at the time there weren't too many like serious sports films so a lot of the cliches we know i think come from films like this yeah, there was what? Rocky was pretty big. I mean, you know, there was stuff, I mean, Raging Bull too, but like mainstream wise, yeah. Yeah, but those are like boxing. That's another great podcast if like, you know, you or I or someone we knew was qualified, right? Like boxing mm-hmm. films, because that's almost a genre in itself. Well, and baseball, like I think th- I think it depends on the sport, because there have been a lot of great baseball films like The Natural and like Eight Men Out and stuff. And, and you know, yeah, but those were that. after this, you know, those were all after this. Oh, OK. I wasn't I didn't know that because I mean, I just think back like even Bang the Drum Slowly, right? Like, like that's an older yeah. sort no, of there are film. even Pride of the Yankees and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I never think uh, I never hear of like that old basketball movies or something so i think it kind of had that going for it because even football movies go back a ways with like burt reynolds doing uh, the prison football movie and other things and then i feel like you know oh that's kind of more common so like basketball i think was something newer maybe to sort of like showcase a newer sport right and with that comes along like its own history and like all of its own drama and all of that kind of stuff so is sort of like a, a new, sort of nice new well. Before we get into too much, I don't want to forget that every week I read the back of the DVD or VHS. This is a Blu-ray I actually have. Ah. You know the era where Best Buy was like $5 Blu-rays, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, in the bin. In the bin, and I definitely picked this one up. It's actually like a really nice copy. It was just like their transitional era, and I got a lot of like movies during that era. I'm sure you did too, you know? Oh, um, of course. Yeah, I ended up renting this one on Vudu, but yeah. Gotcha. So here goes. Nominated for two Academy Awards, this triumphant tale of a high school basketball team's long-shot attempt to win the state championship 
is filled with edgier seat suspense and breathless excitement. Norman Dale is a high school basketball coach whose checkered past has led him to a position with a last chance team. Made to feel unwelcome by squad members, an icy fellow teacher, and townspeople who nearly have him fired, Dale perseveres with unwavering passion for the game. Pretty run-of-the-mill. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought you were going to keep going for nope. a minute there. Okay. You know, so let's talk about the cast here. I mean, I think it's a strong cast, again, especially because it's mostly about the adults. We keep mm. mentioning his name, Gene Hackman. This is a Gene Hackman film. What did you think of Hackman's performance overall? I mean, he's great. I grew up with Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor, you know, greatest criminal mastermind, you know, on planet Earth, you know, bested Superman as a kid several times over. Like, I always liked him. I'd love other Gene Hackman movies and performances. You know, I love the, the conversation is one of my all-time favorite movies. Oh, the, yeah. Oh, the yeah. Francis Ford Coppola movie. Oh, my goodness. He's always been great, whether he's being a cop or a coach or, or whatever. And, and what I like about him in this is, um, and maybe maybe it's a bit over the top, I don't know, but I think he he plays it really well. It's like He can really be intense without sort of seeming like he's going to hurt you, which is kind of interesting given his character's past in this movie. He used to coach in the NCAA and then he hit a kid on his team and got yeah. kicked out uh, for good, like could never coach there again. So that's why he's doing high school ball. But like there's moments in this movie where it's like he's ferocious and he's wild and like like he really works it up, but I never feel like he's going to hit anybody. <laughs> he plays this character really well, I felt. I like Yeah, him. he's so talented. Like he just really is, you know. I know he's notoriously a little bit difficult to work with, and okay. this film was no different. Him and the director, whose name is David Anspa, they clashed all the time. Like, agents had to get involved, the studio had to get involved. Wow. But you know what? Like sports, right? Sometimes you're going to have easy players to deal with, sometimes you're going to have difficult players to deal with. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, though, it's it's about like the product you make. From what I understand, he's not like a dick to be a dick. It's that, like, mm. he's so into his craft that, yeah. you know, like, it's it just, like, he's always questioning the directors he works with, apparently. Yeah. I, I love that about him, you know? And, like, if they're for the right reasons, you know, if, you know, the choices are better, then that's good. Good for him. Did you know, this is, like, a quick aside, but he used to be roommates with uh, Robert Duvall and Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> yeah, like, they're all sort of struggling actors together in New York City doing plays and things. <laughs> Could you You, you know, way, way back the, in the beginning. The talent in that room situation. <laughs> and Maybe like, they knew it, but no one else did, I guess. Um, the one thing, though, about his character in here, the time they should have spent with the kids is the time they spent with him being romantic because i just can't buy him i'm sure in real life he's very charming and (laughs) i I, you know i just technically i wouldn't refer to him as like classically handsome per se you know like he's pretty balding like he's got a you know he's a little chubby like i don't know he's he's this very certain type for sure and so it's very awkward in this movie in particular to see him sort of try and woo this woman and and it being like the 50s and him like asking for her to go for a walk and 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 all this stuff (laughs) it's all very sort of clumsy and the woman's played by barbara hershey who i love she's Mm -hmm. in a bunch of stuff but i mean I, i always think of one of my favorite films hannah and her sisters oh yeah black swan last temptation of christ like she's done a lot of great stuff it's just like you said unnecessary like it's feel like they like oh we need a romantic subplot it's like i didn't 
also understand what was happening with her and Jimmy, why she wouldn't, because Jimmy's her younger brother, and she doesn't want him to play basketball for what reason? I never really picked up, but that was like a huge thing where like Jimmy's the star player, but he won't play, and I, I don't know. Like it was just there was almost like too much going on with her character. Like maybe they should have sort of just let let her like dropped all the romantic stuff and left all the stuff she does with like the town hall meeting and the stuff in school and all you know what i'm saying like she's very proactive in the other scenes so yeah no for sure back to hackman though i think what he does so well and that's why like you said like coaches love it the speeches he makes as a coach in this are like very memorable you know Mm. i've seen them played in stadiums and such (laughs) because that exact thing you say like he's intense but it's not a scary intense he gets Um, you charged up like yes right it's funny how he starts one of them where he's like no i'm not gonna make any kind of big speech here (laughs) (laughs) and then he goes on to like make a great speech and everything but yeah, it's just like this in- infectious intensity. I mean, it's what you need to be a coach, you know? It's like what they need to embody is like that idea of riling you up without sort of, I guess, like putting you over the edge, like, you know, scaring you or whatever or getting you too insane so that you go out there and like commit fouls or, you know, play inefficiently and stuff, but like still keeping your head about it and just like getting you charged up. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then you mentioned too before Dennis Hopper, Nominated for an Oscar in this. I believe it was his only Oscar nomination, if you can believe that. That's insane. That's And, uh. and he, while he was happy, he actually was disappointed he was nominated for this film. Because, yeah. um, did you read that? No, but I, I mean, I can imagine. I have my own reasons why, why I think that. He did Blue Velvet the same year. Oh, yeah. And okay. apparently he put, like, everything into that. And then he was kind of shocked that he was nominated for this. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he definitely... Should. But that's like, you know, the the Academy is going to ignore David Lynch, probably, no matter what. But the reason I thought that, like, this performance didn't really earn it is it was just... It was so obvious. Like, he was such a caricature. Like, he was like Andy Cap. Like, he was literally, like... The way he was disheveled and portrayed as a drunkard in one scene, and then in the next scene, he's like, oh, cleaned up and, and all this. It's just like, it was just too obvious within the realm of the rest of the movie. Everything was being played so realistically that, like, he comes along and, like, he's almost like a cartoon character throughout this movie. So, like, I was kind of surprised to learn that he was nominated for this role at all, but because it, it's just kind of like came across this kind of goofy and then his character just like goes away like he gets put in a hospital to dry out and like he definitely should have been back for the final game you know like i was like so disappointed with the way some of the story was being told i actually like that he wasn't there honestly um because i i didn't want his like heroic return to be just like another one of these like corny things i like that he was there because his son basically comes in and just like accepts that he has a disease essentially you know they have that kind of scene in the hospital so it didn't really bother me that much but i definitely know what you're saying if we were teaching acting and i don't necessarily mean this in a good way but if we were teaching acting and someone's like what is the most typical like drunk performance and not like silly but like you know dramatic like this would be up there you know yeah yeah this is super obvious this isn't like nick cage and you know leaving las vegas this is, I don't know, just felt colorful, I guess. And the rest of the movie, all the other characters felt sepia-toned, maybe. <laughs> but you're right, it does, you know, maybe that's nice. Like, it didn't do what I was expecting it to conventionally do, is, like, him to just, like, 
show up sober at the end and be fine. It's like, oh, wow, like, yeah, they're actually going to keep him in the hospital and, like, he's going to listen to the game in his robe over the radio and, and everything. So it still worked. So the team is played by people who, well, they're not, again, they're not named actors, which I actually liked as well. Again, I wish we really got to know them more. We got to know some mm-hmm. of them, but it was hard to tell them apart. You know, everyone in the 50s, at least in this school, kind of looked pretty similar. Except, you know, for some obvious, different, like the short guy and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had short guy. I think you had, like, blonde kid and angry kid <laughs> at, at the start. Yeah, you know, I guess, I mean, later on in certain movies, like, like you'd look back on a movie and be like, oh, look, it's like, Ben Affleck was in that little group of, you know, whatever, like, kids at a Uh private school. Or, like, hey, like, Stephen Dorff or who, you know? And this movie, there's none of that. I was shocked. Like, I didn't recognize any of these kids or anything and know what they went on to do just by by sight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just bet to to put something on and pop out and be like, holy shit, that kid back when he did this, like, he was in Hoosiers, oh. Yeah, like like a Channing Tatum or something, you know? Yeah. Obviously this year, but you... You see stuff like that. No, but like, there's none of that here. Again, it's a good thing and a bad thing. But the good part of it to me is like these kids feel like they only belong in Hoosiers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, that like, kid who plays Jimmy, like, there's that one scene when Gene Hackman goes to talk to him and and tell him he's like, I don't care if you play or not. He's like, make up your own mind. He's like, that's what I like. He's like, people or, or something to that effect, right? And Jimmy just is making shot after shot after shot. I'm like, and it's that one wide shot. So like he's mm-hmm. making all of these baskets. I'm like, holy crap! Like, is this did this kid go on to like the NBA or whatever? And it's like, <laughs> I don't know, nothing. Just like he's just really good at basketball. <laughs> Jimmy Chitwood is a great name. I love that name. You know, like I don't know why. It's just like perfect for like the early 1950s Indiana. But two really interesting facts about his character. The first, I'm glad you brought up the shots. In the entire film, he only misses three shots. Yeah, one's at the end of that conversation, and it felt like he did it for dramatic effect. Like, he felt like he intentionally missed to sort of, like, answer without saying anything. And then I think in in one game, I saw him miss a shot, but I didn't catch the third one. And similarly... He only has actually four lines of dialogue in the entire film. <laughs> he comes into the town hall meeting. He's like, I got something to say. I'm going to play basketball, but only if coach plays. And then at the yep. end, he says, let me make the shot. I could do it. <laughs> I'll make it. You know? <laughs> so it kind of makes him like a little bit stoic and interesting. But I, if you would have told me four lines, I've been like, wow. <laughs> but like, what the hell's this kid's deal? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I have no context. Even Gene Hackman doesn't know, like... I feel what happened last season. Like, what did I miss something? What happened to the last coach? I think he died. He just died. Like, think why? So. <laughs> why don't they like Gene Hackman? Is it because they know he hit a kid and they're afraid that their kids are going to get hit? Like, or is it because of his, you know, innovative ways of training? Like, we're going to train without a ball today. It's like, wait, what? It's <laughs> called basketball. Are we going to train without the basket also? Like, <laughs> and, and the grown-ups are like the adults, the grown-ups. 
the adults and like some of the parents are like get this guy the hell out of here like he's poisoning our kids it's like you'd think he invented rock and roll like it's crazy <laughs> i think it was totally like outsider syndrome so that, remember oh. that, like, <laughs> yeah there's some of that in like friday night lights right like it's just that um we ain't used to this guy like he's gonna come mm-hmm. in here and start running the show but like no one knows him and he doesn't know us but like he knows better absolutely and you know like basketball is like pretty much all this town has and there's like a committee essentially that thinks it can control it and there's a guy who he's sort of like gene hackman's foil and he's kind of like helping the team out and wants to be assistant coach at the beginning i've seen this guy before yeah he like has a heart attack right and is out of the movie for most no 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 that's the principal who has oh my bad my bad oh wait do you mean like the sort of like lean looking dude who's like or is that one of the no he might be a barber but he speaks to him at the barber shop and then he's like somewhat coaching the team and he's like oh this is what we do and gene hackman's like call me you know uh call me norm and this is your last day coaching (laughs) okay I recognize one guy from Major League who was like one of the the bad adults. I think he was like the skinny, gray-haired dude. Yeah, I think that you're, you know, that, I think that's the same guy. We're thinking of the same guy. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Right. That's where he's from, Major League. Wow, what a career! <laughs> <laughs> Into those sports films. <laughs> a little context too, because again, I think some like sports context is important for this film. Yeah, it's loosely based on an actual team in Indiana from 1954. All right, I was hoping so. I was hope I was getting that vibe. The town was changed. There was no like you know drunken coach. Like none of that. That is real. But what is real? They were they were called the. It's either Milan or Milan High School in Indiana. And they won the state basketball championship in 1954. Similar story as there was a really small town. But what made Indiana significant for years, I believe it's changed, but I think into the 90s this was the case, that they had, for basketball, one state championship. And Mm. that might be confusing, but for instance, you and I went to high school in New Jersey. Every sport has, like I think, four state champions because they have small schools, medium schools, and big schools, you know, like Ridgewood right. is u- usually in, I think, the big school conference. Like divisions almost. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. 
but like some podunk town in the middle of nowhere with like you know they 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 make it fair that way you know yeah yeah but indiana for years did not have that they just was like you know the one basketball champion it's pretty crazy to think that a team with that amount of players can beat a team from the city in the movie it's from south bend which is you know in the north almost outside chicago but in reality mylan beat a team or milan beat a team from uh muncie which is another bigger it's i wouldn't call it a city obviously i live in new york but for indiana it's like a city, <laughs> you know yeah and it was a huge again a huge huge deal back then now the other nomination came for like the score which is like whatever well i'm shocked because like for like 30 minutes there almost is no music <laughs> maybe yeah, that was intentional to like you know i was the... surprised but I was like, what is this, Teen Wolf? Like, what, where's the music? <laughs> but to me, I thought they did a really great job of, like, um, setting here, you know? In terms of just costuming and... Oh, yeah. As a period piece, it's pretty great. Like, it, they nail everything. And I think, you know, if you're a sports fan, I think this will hit a lot harder than someone like me, you know? Because, like, I don't really watch... I like mm-hmm. basketball, but I don't follow it. You know, I don't follow any sports, really. Like, I like the Mets, but I don't really follow the rest of baseball. In there. So, like, for me, I don't feel like it really got me there, but I could mm-hmm. see it does get there on its own. You know what I'm saying? Even if I'm not, like, on the bus with them at the end of the game or whatever, like... I still see that bus is packed with people who are like really loving this. And and a few times at the end, I recognized some musical cues that were definitely been used over and over throughout the years. So I was like, oh, this is where that originated too. So mm, um, that's interesting. Yeah, they really um, crafted like a very good sort of sense of time and place in this movie. Absolutely. From things like the way the court looks, you know, or these gyms. <laughs> these gyms. The one when he's like, we're playing in this cage. You expect us yeah. to play like animals? And then at the end, when they're in the city and he's measuring everything and he's like, see? Oh, he's I love like, that. Just because it looks different, it's like the same exact distance at home. So like, yeah. And they, even theirs, which looks like, so like their gymnasium, which is probably like the most common looking one. I would say, uh, or the rafters and everything. It almost looks like the Nick. If you ever seen that show about the Knickerbocker Hospital back yeah, when they yeah, had the, the old operating theaters, like that's what it kind of reminded me oh, of in yeah. a way. <laughs> Just because like <laughs> the, the, that, the crowd right. was sort of up and removed a bit more than we are these days. We're sort of more ground level as well. But I loved it because it's now if, again, you and I went to you know Bergen County where we grew up, and we walked into, we picked 10 gyms to walk into, nine of them would probably look identical, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I love the character of these different places and the uniforms. I'm a big, like, uniform guy. Just, like, the, the satin look of some of them and the oh, colors. It's super authentic. Like, that's the word I would use as far as, and, like, again, like, my problem with this movie is none of that. Like, mine is the story, basically. But, like, yeah, these some of these gyms look like they were old barns converted or like even the high school was like did this just used to be a factory that got <laughs> shut down you know what i mean like they did yeah. they went to really great lengths to like paint this town in terms of like cultural significance of this film you know i mentioned the uniforms the indiana pacers of the nba for a couple years had the hickory jersey like in their arsenal so uh-huh. they'd wear it sometimes you know with the oh the so if top. like uh if i'm like nba 2k i can and I'm playing as them. Do you think I could pick their jersey or something like that? I don't know about like On the newest one, but certainly in like when they, I don't think they still have it. That's why. But like, you know, a couple years ago, 
You could, yeah. Do you have to buy mm-hmm. it to download it nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine. I've never been to Indiana. I can imagine that this film, like everyone in Indiana has seen it, you know? This is probably mm. like, you know, the most important film in <laughs> Indiana history. So what's the Jersey equivalent? Like, what's the? what do you think is the movie everyone in Jersey has? Has it just not been made yet because the Bruce Springsteen story like has not been made? Because it's not Jersey Boys, I'll tell you that much. No, like, no. I mean, you could argue <laughs> The Sopranos, you know? Yeah, it's a show. show. It's a show, but you know, I hear you. I mean, that's a that's a question we can get back to one day. <laughs> Just the... I think it's hard to say. Like, what's the New York one? You know, like there's too many. But for a place like Indiana, you know, exactly, not, right. not really. No, totally. <laughs> like, if you live in Kansas, everyone's seen The Wizard of Oz. Like, you could just yeah, yeah, throw no. that out there. <laughs> but California is like a whole other. It's like mm, can't really. You know, narrow that down. So some of the towns were real in this movie. Some of the towns were made up. Like Hickory is not a real place, uh, but obviously South Bend is. Indianapolis is. And that final scene is actually shot at Hinkle Fieldhouse, which is like one of the more historic college basketball venues still in operation today by Butler University. That arena has influenced so many arenas going forward because Think about it. It was even in operation at the time. That's what's um, sick is it's 1951 and they walk in there and it looks like it's 1996. Like, you know, like yeah. they, they they walk into the future. It's wild. I mean, all the That's things. That's like a testament even to the, I guess, the time that this movie was made back in what, 86 or 4 or whenever? Yeah. 86. Yeah. And it's still like. That's still standing, like, you know, it's still there since then. It's just, again, basketball and Indiana are just, you know, this thing that's... Synonymous, yeah. Absolutely. All right, so obviously there's things you enjoyed, things you didn't enjoy. You know, let's talk about it. What scenes really stuck out at you, for better or worse? Well, I thought the games were really well done, and I thought they used them to forward the story really well. You know, like the first game they used to show that, like, no one's listening to them. Uh, the second game, they show, like, well, they get into a fight. <laughs> you know, I thought that was interesting. It's like the, the team's, like, totally out of control. Then he gets, like, Dennis Hopper to help. So, like, in the next game, like, Dennis Hopper shows up. And the game after that, Dennis Hopper's, like, finishing the game because Hackman gets himself thrown out, like, ejected and everything. So, like, I loved how, you know, game by game, you could really see the progression. And there's a really great montage in the middle of all that, too, which, you know, love our sports montages over on High School Slumber Party. Um, (laughs) But, like, you know, there's, like, the montage of them playing, but then, like, Dennis Hopper drying out and, like, getting his head dunk in water and, like people getting haircuts and shit and it's just like you know like i'm like what the fuck is happening in this movie all this it's like really chugs along at some points which is all the more reason why i get like frustrated when it pumps the brakes and we're back with like gene hackman walking with the teacher and it's like <laughs> uh, i want to see like and it, you know we do get the one kid with uh because dennis hopper has a son you know that's the only reason we interact with a kid on the team i want to see the mm-hmm. other kids like get into problems at school because of their confidence and or like not or like get better at things at school or like ask people out on dates and like go to the sock hop or you know what else like go drag race it's 1951 i don't know like <laughs> the <laughs> enchantment under the sea dance in four years like i don't you know i needed more high school I guess is what it comes to because I'm watching it for your show, right? And I'm, yeah. so I'm trying to sort of identify with these teens at the time. And they're like, 
farm kids most of them are like you know so like they're working really hard they're probably up really early in the morning they're probably at bed really late at night and you know struggling during the day at school and stuff and we really just don't get any of that and you know i know the movie's not really a it's not about that but it should be about that in a lot of ways you know what i'm saying like they are the kids on the team so i was just a little bummed like that's why i i like kind of bummed i mean i don't disagree with you i feel like it's sacrilegious to criticize this film but from the perspective of this podcast i am completely in agreement with you i like to see in my high school sports films that struggle between being a student being an awkward teenager and having to represent your school to that capacity and my god these people have to represent Sorry, these kids, honestly, had to represent their entire town, like for the whole state. You know, these games were being broadcast on the radio and such. I would like to see more of that balance, like you said, of like their grades. And we see a little bit of the family stuff, and I get that. But, you know, I want to see the high school awkwardness. If I'm going to get a romance storyline, I don't need a romance storyline with the coach. I want a romance (laughs) storyline with one of the kids, you know? (laughs) It's so awkward. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super awkward, but I'll say this. I think if we were on a sports podcast, we'd be probably like singing more of this, the praises to this film, you know, because the basketball scenes are really great. Compare them to, again, I know Teen Wolf was more fun, but compare them to Teen Wolf and it's not even like in the same league, like no pun intended, you know, (laughs) like that final basketball scene, you feels like you're watching a game. Yeah, like, if we're just gonna go on, like, how sports are represented, like, definitely, like, cream of the crop, like, even, you know, I feel like sports movies that have come out recently aren't as well choreographed as this, like, this and A League of Their Own are, like, really top tier, you know, like, choreographed sports and stuff to the point where it feels real, but the players or the actors feel like they're good players, not like they're like athletes necessarily but like that they're just good you know they're just whatever it just it works so well that definitely is but you're right if I was a coach or if I was you know maybe if I was a high school kid who was struggling and 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 basketball you know I was having problems with my coach and I watched this movie I'd be able to understand his point of view more and you know so I get that like maybe this is more of a film for adults Right. And that's not what I was expecting. Yeah. I mean, this is universally considered one of the top 10 greatest sports films. It's crazy. Like that. That's kind of crazy. But I understand where that's coming from. Like, I'm not from that world. Like sports is, is, you know, so big. It's beyond, you know, it's beyond comprehension for me, really, like how big it is, you know, because I just don't pay attention to a lot of it. So, like, I hear that, but it doesn't sink in. But I definitely believe it and i get it yeah um you know i totally get that i I understand that but what i was going to say is you never see it listed as one of the top 10 high school films there you go there's a reason for it this is a sports film and yeah we'll cover we're not exclusively like kids high school films here we'll cover plenty of films there are high school films that are more uh, around the adults. Oh, yeah, you got to do, like, the, the like higher learning and things like that. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, yeah, movies about, like, you know, principals or teachers or... Uh, and th- we'll find some that strike the balance, too. Um, but, again, this is definitely Gene Hackman's film. Top three Hackman moments, because, you know, I, I have to do it. <laughs> awesome. 
awesome. For me, it's again that that speech during the tournament where he gets everyone to start clapping. There's a um, tradition in tournament play: not talk about the next step until you've climbed the one in front of you. I'm sure going to the state finals is beyond your wildest dreams, so let's just keep it right there. Forget about the crowds, the size of the school, their fancy uniforms, and remember what got you here. Focus on the fundamentals that we've gone over time and time again. And most important, don't get caught up thinking about winning or losing this game. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. Okay? go let's go you know that to me again i love it i love it like i was getting pumped up for it you mentioned the other one one of the other ones i was going to say too the the measuring of the court buddy hold this into the backboard what is it 15 feet 15 feet. Strap, put Ollie on your shoulders. Measure this uh, from the rim. Buddy. How far? Ten feet. Ten feet. I think you'll find it's the exact same measurements as our gym back in Hickory. <laughs> okay, let's get dressed for practice. He's so subtle about it, like, oh, you know, get a tape measure in, uh, mm. you know, measure, measure there. Put, put them on your shoulders and measure the basket. Ten feet, just like our gym. You know, it's like, there's something so gangster about that. Like oh, something... dude. Oh, and he puts them, <laughs> like, that's what I mean, right? It's like, I thought he was, like, just me as a viewer, as a person from who I am, I thought he was sort of going to... Um... Well, he was. He's going to sort of, like, teach him a lesson in a way, right? But, like, it almost felt like something bad was going to come of this. And then it was, like, a, such a relief when he was like, see, guys? Like, no big deal. Like, same, everything's yeah, the like... same. It's all good. And it goes back to the, sort of the way, like, he gets riled up when he coaches, too, where he, like, does these things that, like, could be perceived as sort of aggressive or, you know, coming from a place of, like, anger or something like that. But it's not. <laughs> He's just an intense person. I think that's a great depiction of his character right there. Mm-hmm. And the third one, again, was just that uh, his speech before the final game I liked as well. Uh, we're way past big speech time. Huh? 
I want to thank you for the last few months. It's been very special for me. Anybody have anything they want to say? Yeah. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Okay. I want to win for my dad. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Thank you. With God of heaven, it is all one. To deliver with a great multitude or a small company. For the victory of battle standeth not in the multitude of hosts, but strength cometh from heaven. And David put his hand in the bag and took out a stone and slung it. And it struck the Philistine on the head, and he fell to the ground. Amen. Amen. It's rare that you get, like, more than one rah-rah coach speech in a film, mm. but he's able to differentiate them enough. You know, it was, whew, again, sports-wise, I enjoyed the film, but totally, totally understand your take. And again, it's something I wrote down, too. It's not like it's foreign that, like, I want to know more about these high schoolers. I want to <laughs> see... I thought we would see it, too, because he he just kind of walks into the high school, and we see, like, the hallways and, and him interacting with the principal, and then they kind of, you know... It just becomes the Gene Hackman show. Yeah. And late in the movie, we get one thing where, like, oh, apparently one of the kids is, like, super religious because he just started praying, like, you know, before every play or something. I was like, where did this come from? Like, something's definitely missing here where, like, they tried to inject a little bit of, like, character into these kids maybe in the peripheral that just didn't. And then there was a nice moment I felt at the very end when the little kid gets on the court and the other team is, like, making fun of him and one of his own players comes up behind him and I was like oh he's also going to make fun but no he like pats him on the show and he's like don't listen to that kid like do this Mm -hmm. you know and I was like well where did that where is all that coming from like I really wish we got to see that forged but if I'm gonna know now like that this isn't that movie that's cool like for what it is it's really good also like yes it gets sappy and things and I don't know I mean it's weird to say that like this is for adults and I'm like over 40 you know and like it doesn't speak to me or anything like that but like i think it's for a certain age of the day that it was made you know it's for adults of the 80s like there's just something so saccharine about this that i can't sort of accept maybe like in my you know 2020 brain or whatever but i understand you know how it works for people and why like it it almost comes across as like you know americana propaganda at one point to me but it should because it's about indiana it's about you know the heart of indiana and basketball and how much it means to them so it it shouldn't be goofy it shouldn't be anything else it should be this and so for what it is i think it actually is quite good you know you saying that kind of reminds me of something um I'm sure you don't have a My Five Dads basketball song here today. (laughs) (laughs) Something I wrote in my notes is like, as great as this movie is, 
it's one of the least punk films, if you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. it's sort of no. the opposite of punk. It's the opposite of counterculture. Yeah, like th- there, there is no trouble probably getting this like green lit at the studio or anything like that. You know, like I mean, and I don't necessarily mean what I'm about to say in a negative way either. But like, this is an extremely white film, like about you know white people problems of these and they're they're hard working problems too you know yeah, what i'm saying it's still like, working class problems yeah you know, it's like farm problems. i know you're not like, saying like rich white folks no problems. yeah i didn't mean that yeah and because like they're working on farms in the first place which is backbreaking labor and then they're being foreclosed on those farms and things you know so yeah like there's just certain it's of a certain age in america that i think is hard for modern audiences to necessarily uh, like fully grasp, but I think in the 80s when this came out, it was like probably the perfect time, you know, like I said, like this feels like a classic movie, like soaked in sepia, uh, that was probably like really hearkening people back to like, you know, their days growing up playing basketball and stuff. Yeah. You know, they say like our culture, uh, like American culture, like ebbs and flows between like sort of what you're saying, like 80s patriotism and like cynicism and i feel like we're kind of in a cynical moment right now in Mm -hmm. in our history Mm -hmm. again like you know it's just like the natural course of things and this isn't a movie for a cynical person (laughs) in a cynical time you know (laughs) this this is yeah but you know i can respect it and i'm a sports fan and, and maybe i like it for that reason but it's almost like if you and i were out to dinner and you saw that I ordered something, and maybe you didn't like, maybe it's not something you'd like, but you can look at it and appreciate, wow, that meal looks good. You might not enjoy eating it, but it's like, you know, point is, like, I can recognize what's good about this film, for sure. And on this watch, this was, like, the most I ever uh, really enjoyed this film. And again, I get it. I like it. Um, Maybe I was getting into, like, the aesthetic of it, a bit more this time rather than the story since I had seen it before and I knew the story. Who knows? I just, you know, again, I just appreciated it. I'll put it that way. Yeah, you know what this, like, I don't want to say it tricked me, but I feel like I tripped over my own feet like going in to watch this movie because I had such, like, and I don't, I try not to do this, but like, I had such like a preconceived notion of what I thought it was going to be, right? Like, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a modern film. I thought it was going to be... <laughs> About the kids, like, you know, like all this stuff. And like it turned out to be sort of like super opposite of my expectations. And if not for nothing, like it just made me think like, go, I got to go like watch more n- movies I've not seen before. Like, I feel like I got into sort of a slump of like rewatching lots of stuff lately. And if, you know, anything else, this is one of the movies where it's like, if you know nothing about it, like you're really going to like... Like, maybe that's the thing. Like, I couldn't follow it at times. And, like, that's a good thing. Because, like, I'd never seen it before. So, like, it just gave me sort of, like, a newfound or, like, revitalized my wanting to watch, like, stuff I'd not seen before. And older stuff I'd not seen before. You know, things I sort of missed. You know, I got to, like, put a list together again. I haven't really done that in a long time. But, like, yeah. Yeah, that's how I actually first saw this film. It was when, I don't want to say when Netflix came out, but it was when, you know, Netflix was still sending the discs i think you could still do that but yeah i don't know who does when they were only sending discs yes when they were only sending discs and you could make your cue at whatever right oh my god i have just i have like screenshots of my old (laughs) (laughs) cue no exactly and that's what a like small moment in time but a significant moment in time 
you know, maybe the podcast generation is born out of that, right? Mm. Because, especially like the film podcast generation, because I need to put all the movies that I've heard about but haven't seen. And I would know, like, only the titles of things, like Bridge of the River Kwai, you know? Right. Um, and just put it on, and it would arrive in the mail. I'm like, let me put this in, you know? And that's the first time I saw Hoosiers like that, because, again, I had heard about the movie. And in the um, world of Netflix and just, like, streaming, I think we've gotten away from that, because now it's so much of it is, is available at our oh, fingertips. Yeah. I'm like you. I've been re-watching things so much rather than... Hey, I never saw this film. Let me see it. That's why, again, it's fun to have these podcasts because they kind of force us to watch these things sometimes. Oh, yeah. That's why I jumped on this episode, too, like specifically, because I was like, well, like, you know, that's just one that's like everybody's seen it. But I have like I, I need to I needed to join the conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like we've got Hackman. We've got basketball. You know, in the end, it's like there was this super famous American movie. Like I got to get on it. <laughs> Anything else you want to mention in regards to Hoosiers? Going over my notes. Oh, I thought it was funny how Gene Hackman to like um, when he's like going over to uh, again. I know I mentioned this a lot, but he's going to ask ask the teacher for a walk. His uh, <laughs> his big sort of like opener is your mom just gave me a haircut. <laughs> you, you've never used that line, Mike. I mean, it's never worked, so that's why I was surprised. <laughs> It worked for him, um, and he got to do the old smoocheroo. N- um, I don't know. Let's see. No, I think I, I think I'm as far as like the movie. Um, no, I don't have any extra notes. I think I'm good. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're not going to go scene by scene in this kind of film. Well, you know, it is interesting now. Like, you know, I mentioned it the way at the beginning about the the word Hoosier, right? And you're just explaining how it's like anyone from Indiana. The title makes a lot sort of more sense now. Gene Hackman is now officially a Hoosier. You know what I'm saying? Like he's been accepted and and integrated into this community now. And boy, what what it took to get into their good graces and everything and all that. But, you know, again, this is a man who did assault a minor. Um, so, <laughs> well, you know. He was in college, so I'm hoping he yeah. wasn't that young. <laughs> well, I'm ex- also, the kid was probably twice his size, right? Like, let's be honest. Like, college basketball players are twice the size of college of high school ones, and then the <laughs> NBA guys are twice the size of the college guys, but. No, I'm, I'm um, just kind of joking around. <laughs> no, I know, I know. You know, you mentioned something before that's kind of just like hitting me now. You said like when you mentioned like it's very like white story. But, you know, like and I know you didn't mean like, you know, rich white person, obviously, because, you know, we said that. But I just meant like everybody in this movie is white. <laughs> but <laughs> to a degree, that, like... you know, a little Indiana town like that, that's probably true. Yes. Know? No. And that's I also meant that I meant that as well. <laughs> like I all the parallels it is sort of like because... I was trying to cover the bases, but there's no real there's, it's hard to have any tact and say that. You know what I'm saying? No, but <laughs> you just but, have to like kind know, of be blunt about it. Kind of came to me delayed. But two things I think of when. You know, when you say that is the team they play from South Bend, which is more of like a diverse city, has like black and white players. That's right. So that's that. Yeah. Pretty accurate to that. And just reminds me of a very famous story that like Magic Johnson used to tell. Okay. That he grew up poor in Michigan, but -hmm. like more more of an like an, you know, an urban environment, not like on a farm or anything. And of course, he had that famous rivalry with Larry Bird. Oh, yes. There's a great 
sort of documentary about that, I think. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think this is from that documentary that they go, you know, he, he goes to Indiana to shoot like a sneaker ad with Larry Bird. And he has like dinner at Larry Bird's like mom's house or breakfast or something. And, you know, I, I guess he had just assumed that like, you know, black people were poor and white people were rich. But when he visited like French Lick and saw how Larry Bird lived, he's like, this white guy was poorer than me. So yeah, where sometimes we associate like race with that, but really it's more about like socioeconomics. Like this is not a wealthy town. But I have to say, I think that the movie could have done a better job at depicting Hickory as, you know, maybe a less than perfect place it tries but it still like looks so you know like Clean, a peaceful maybe right like peaceful yeah i think that's what we lose by not following you know the kids with, with the juveniles right like that that element you know where's the delinquency in this film there's really none of that per se like there's a little at the beginning when they're like you're the new coach i'm out of here who's with me and like one kid follows him <laughs> and then the next scene he comes with like his hat between his hands and he's like you know begging to be taken you know so you're right like i think that might be something we miss by not following the kids and something i don't know how they could have incorporated that more with the adults i, mean, I think the only way to one not the only way but the the thing that comes to mind is if they were like threatened his life right like if there was a a scene where they like smashed up his car and were like you're next or, you know and you don't want that in this movie it doesn't belong no no, no it does no. not belong in this movie so <laughs> the other team yeah. like the cobra kai like <laughs> right 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 so i think um, you know you just have to sort of settle in and 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 make a decision and i think they went with the right decision it's it's more americana in that way where yeah it, it's clearly a struggling community but it's still like got that pride you know it's not like a dirty run down sort of town even though you know places are boarded up is how it seems yeah no and it's weird now that i think back on that um, barbara hershey's character who again i know you don't like that storyline but one of the things i think they tried to do is like oh she has her graduate degree. She should be somewhere else. But she's stuck in this town because her father died and she has to take care of the farm. But again, it doesn't feel tragic because it's so beautiful, at least on screen. Yeah. You know, it looks look like, oh, oh, so what? You know, you got to you get to live on a cool farm, <laughs> you know, but no. <laughs> I know it, I know it didn't intend on doing that is my point. But like you said, it's 1986. It's Americana. This movie is Americana. This movie is apple pie. It, right. It, it just is, you know? Yeah. And I think it, it, you can see a lot like that, like the depiction of the alcoholic, you know, like, I think that says it all. I think I said earlier too, like I have sort of a big guy, not a huge problem with that, but there's a problem with that for me is like the way that it's sort of, I don't want to say comedic effect, but borderline, you know, like pushing it for me anyway. And that's something that could have been taken more seriously. I think they do a better job as the movie goes along, but it is kind of rough to be like, oh, this movie's sort of like going and going. And then all of a sudden Dennis Hopper stumbles out, like hammered out onto the court. And I'm like, well, you know, again, like I know what they want to do and they're trying to do, but it just feels like they don't know how to necessarily do that in this movie. Yeah, I think the only, like, you know, quote-unquote positive of that scene when he comes back is, like, like I said, um, you know, I I was looking at his son and how he would react, and, you know, we see that. So, like, at least it was, like, a gateway to learn more about 
one of the kids, you know, but totally, it is totally that, that's like a border plate Oscar nominee performance in a sense that like the Academy eats that shit up, especially well, the, in the 80s. They did. Yeah. Like that would never fly today. Like they, I feel like that's another thing. Like the rest of this movie could come out today the way it is, except for that performance of Dennis Hopper's, <laughs> which is kind of a shame. You know, but like that's just uh, you know how I think. yeah. But I, I don't feel bad saying that because even he he didn't, I don't think he thought he did bad necessarily. No, but, but he also did you know fucking Pap's Blue Ribbon that year. He did you know he did the David Lynch movie. He was in Blue Velvet. So like, could you blame him? He's like, I just put down some of the best shit of my life, and they run it. You know, this was probably like something that like. You know, this was like when he did Super Mario Brothers. This was just to, like, get some new shoes or buy a new car or, like, pay the rent, maybe. And then this turned out to be, you know, Hoosiers definitely turned out to be something. But, like, you know, Super Mario Brothers, they didn't really. <laughs> By the way, we have to we have to find a, a way to do to a podcast. Watch, on, to do Super, Super Mario, Mario Brothers. Brothers. I know. I'm so close. Like, so, like, I, again, I'm trying to do the game Super Mario Brothers 3 on my show. And oh. that's the closest I've gotten to be able to bring that up, like, <laughs> in, in a context where we could actually dive into it kind of deep for a minute. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so, you know, obviously this is a beloved American classic, like I said. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, 89% by the critics, 88% by the audience. Certified. So, yes. Fresh. So high high scores. What will you give this film on the report card, yeah. Mike? You know, this is one of those situations, and this is, what I, this is what I love about not just like podcasting, but like talking films with friends and stuff. After talking about it, I definitely like it more and I'm going to give it a better grade than after I had just finished watching it and was sort of like stewing in my own thoughts and stuff because talking it out and figuring out what it actually is as opposed to what I thought it was going to be or even what I want it to be changes it for me you know and and it's all been sort of a positive swing for the most part I think you know coming into this show I was like this is getting like a d plus or a c minus oh, <laughs> like yeah <laughs> I know but like now I'm definitely more along the lines of like a b minus like a c plus a b minus probably I'll probably give it the b minus now I'm gonna push it over to you just because like you know you sort of explain to me there's more to it you know what I'm saying it's more than just a movie for some people like it really represents the state and the sport and you know I don't want to like just because it's not for me doesn't mean it's not a good movie you know what I'm saying and so like I could totally uh, recognize that that Hoosiers got it so yeah I'll give it a B minus for me and even that's yeah. probably still pretty low for a lot of people out there no but honestly like I agree with you in terms of like this was great talking it out I think I made a lot more progress on this film because I had seen it before and I had known the history at this point so on this watch I again I enjoyed it a lot more I understand a lot more also as I do more of these episodes and shows I'm trying to like understand like yes this is my show but it's not just a show for me if that makes sense I totally get that this movie has a place not every movie again you know I'm gonna repeat things I said, but not every movie has to be cynical or, or comedy or, you know, yeah, this is star like, Tom Cruise or, <laughs> yeah. Or this is like so different than like a dazed and confused, you know, like, yeah, I, I don't think I even chuckled once during this whole movie. Right. And that's <laughs> fine. Like movies don't have to make you laugh. Yeah. And again, I kind of know 
what kind of person would enjoy this film, and I totally get that. And again, I enjoyed it on this watch as well. So I gave it a B plus, and looking at it, that's pretty much in line with the critics and the audience. Mm-hmm. I know there's some people who are going to give this film an A. I know there's some people who are going to give it less of less of a good score. But again, I get it. Is it one of my favorite films? No, but. I get why it's a beloved sports classic. Again, if we were doing a sports podcast, it would be one of the films that we would definitely cover. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm happy to have covered it in March Madness, you know. Real quick question, though, about March Madness. Does that spill over into high school? Not really. You know, it's more of okay. a college thing. But Yeah, I, I mean, that's just <laughs> how much I know about basketball in general. It's like I, I knew college was involved, but I wasn't sure if it was... Strictly college. Okay. Yeah, no, it's just like the college championships, but whatever. Oh, no, believe me, like, close (laughs) enough. Like, anything you got to do to convince yourself of a theme is totally fine with me. I've stretched, (laughs) I've stretched further to try and justify (laughs) watching certain movies. Well, you even, you know, even the Mario Brothers thing. (laughs) Right. There you go. Okay. So, sleeping bag. What (laughs) sleeping bag would you bring to the slumber party? Oh, my goodness. So, it's funny. I actually thought of this question earlier in the day. Um, I'm gonna bring overall sleeping bag. <laughs> so like, you know, kind of like just picture denim overalls, but like I guess with the legs sewn together. So it's like one giant leg with no, like you can't stick your feet out. So it's like a big denim pouch with overalls. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going that. I'm going full out farm. With I it. could totally see that. All right, this might be difficult for this film, but let's try it anyway. We talked about this on Teen Wolf, my new awards that I'm giving out every week. <laughs> oh, yeah. First, the uh, the Wooderson Spicoli Award, and this is for a character mm. who you would have liked to see more of. Okay. Or who you'd want the movie to be about. Honestly, like, not to cut you off, but, you know, if it's me, I want to award it to almost all the kids here. Yeah, I was going to say, team. any kid. It's pretty, much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much been, you know, our entire discussion here so i think that one's easy for us like pick a student any student like how weird at one point you know it's funny how the movie like locks us into dennis hopper's son strictly because it's dennis hopper's son and they like throw like more than just alcoholism like at that family but apparently like that kid has a mom right who we never see and at Mm -hmm. the end of the movie is willing to go live in a house with dennis hopper instead it's like well what's with that relationship too like what is she on? Like, go home one day. Like, we're already following this kid. The only thing I could think of was that I guess he's a senior. He's not going to college. Maybe he has a job lined up. <laughs> and he's like, you know, dad can just live with me. You know, There we go. Okay. You know, yeah. like, at that time, especially there, you turn 18, you are a full-fledged adult. True, true, yeah. Like, fucking Gene Hackman goes to find Dennis Hopper in his, like, shit shack in the woods living like the Unabomber. And, like, Dennis Hopper's reverse doorbell is a shotgun blast. He's just like, who goes there? Yeah, I love it. I was like, oh, cute dog. Oh, my God. (laughs) I did not remember that scene at all. (laughs) That's when you know you're like, okay, this is some fucking, we're out there. We're deep in the woods now. (laughs) You know, maybe relatedly, maybe not. The next award is a Long Duck Dong Award, and... That's for a character whose omission would make the film better. Are you going to give it to the Oscar-nominated Dennis Hopper? Well, here's the problem with that role is, like, I don't want to get rid of it. I just need it played better, you know, or different. And there needs to be a different spin on it as opposed to, like, I don't – I'm not sure how – he comes across, like, the town drunk. And I think that's 
a problematic depiction of alcoholism, like personally, like I just don't buy it. Uh, and it takes me out of the movie. And so like, if he was more abusive and more realistic ways, as opposed to just, Oh, you're embarrassing your son. It's like, well, no shit. Like that comes with the territory. That's like, you know, this isn't, you know, on family feud, that would be the only answer. Like, come on. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't want to get rid of the character. I just need to like, I just need to adjust him somehow. And I'm not well, sure how either, which is the problem to like make it fit into the movie. So if you don't know if that's like a tone up or tone down, what about a uh, Barbara Hershey's character? Would you Well, I want to I want to keep her, her t- I want to keep her too because like the only thing I want to get rid of there is the attraction to Gene Hackman. Cuz it cuz I feel like it diminishes her character to a degree as well. It's cuz like you're saying like she's so active, like she's running the farm, she's a teacher, she's like doing all of these social events like she's really like got a lot on her plate she does not need to be romantically involved with gene hackman too like just out of the blue like i really liked how she kind of couldn't stand him when they first met and all this stuff and i thought like you know even after finding the article on him i thought she'd be like well we could you know i'll sort of help you but like that's as far as it goes like i'm not going to get in the bed with you or anything so I want to keep her too and just like change that as well a little bit. I don't know that there necessarily is like a, a real contender for the Long Duck Dong Award per se in this movie. I don't know. What are you thinking? No, I mean, I'll agree with you. You know, like there's tweaks here, but I think this movie's too serious to have that kind of character where you're just like, oh, we don't need as much as this Could guy, you imagine you know? if that character was in this movie like that actual <laughs> showed up at, oh, <laughs> like halfway boy. through again that's like the most opposite of this film and it's around the same time too so that's the imagine? question you got to ask like you know if it doesn't fit or anything you'd be like well what if he actually showed up like how do you think that would fly and i would think like <laughs> i don't know man they're gonna run him out of town immediately i don't know what these people would think <laughs> uh yeah i don't know <laughs> So Cameron Fry Award, and that's uh, someone who looked too old to be a high schooler or, or any role, really. Hmm. Just, like, didn't fit in their role. How old's Hackman supposed to be? And don't say, like, 41, because, like, that would be so depressing. Gene Hackman has looked the same age for forever, you know? So. He's one of those guys, like, there's a phenomenon, like, if you were just, like, if you were young during the 70s, you, you looked the way you were going to look in the 90s. Like, people just looked old back in the day. They just always looked old, even when they were young. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't, um, you know, it's hard to gauge because we don't really spend too much time with any of the teenagers. So I don't know if any of them are too old. Like, that kid Jimmy is spot on. Like, I, I believe him. As yeah, a- Jimmy was spot on. There was one kid I nominated. I don't know his name, but he was, I think, number 21. He was the kid who, like, he kept benching. Okay. <laughs> if you looked at that kid, he had, like, really significant chest hair and, like, you know, that that was, like, a man. Okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny. But, you know, you make an interesting point. I don't know. Maybe people in the 50s just look older. <laughs> I mean, look at Biff Tannen, right? Like, compared to George McFly, like, he definitely was more mature. I mean, plus people just mature differently. I remember playing basketball in junior high and being like, well, kids have definitely, like, gone through puberty on this court. Like, you know, and it's sort of like in that transitional period, right? And so, like, some, I think just, like, guys are just all different sizes right and like especially if you're athletic there were definitely dudes in my high school who were like looked like they were in college like the athletes and stuff like that so 
I mean, it's hard to, it's really tricky. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So, you know, last thing I usually ask, uh, Yeah. you know, you and I were having our slumber party. We rented Hoosiers, but it's rent to get one free. If our free movies, <laughs> Hoosiers, what are the other two movies we're renting from Blockbuster for our slumber oh, party? Oh man, today? I have a couple listed tonight. I don't know what we're in the mood for though. I didn't, I didn't know what Hoosiers was going to be. You know what I'm saying? So I rented these other movies without thinking about it. <laughs> one is another basketball movie, one that I've actually seen, one that's a high school movie. I'm not sure if you're going to do this one. Basketball Diaries with DiCaprio. Oh, yeah. We'll cover that for sure. Okay, but not during March Madness. No, 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 no. We're okay. Because, again, we could do probably like four months of basketball movies. Right, right, right. But it's the only one that could really sort of came to mind as far as like high school basketball significant like launched you know, well, Leo was already Leo, like, to a degree, but I feel like that was like, oh, my God, he can be, like, dramatic and all this stuff. And, like, did you see him in Basketball Diaries? Like, he's really, you know, coming up now. And So I think that's a great sort of period in a lot of those actors' lives. You got Marky Marks in there, too, when he was still doing underwear ads and stuff. So he's trying to, you know, break through. And it's a dark movie, there's no doubt, but um, it's got, like, a pretty hopeful conclusion to it so basketball diaries is the first one um and i really struggled with the second one like do i want another hackman movie do i want another dennis hopper movie you know Mm. poseidon adventure like should we just go for it and just put that in (laughs) like oh it's so great i love that movie so much but like i think ultimately I have to go back to this other movie that I hadn't seen in a long time. And this was totally like an on-the-shelf rental for us like when we were in high school. Either that or it was like a big HBO movie. But um, Dennis Hopper and Nick Cage in Red Rock West. Oh, which wow. is awesome. And like I haven't even really thought of this movie in a while. And this movie reminded me that that movie's around and that makes me so happy. And it's like this neo-western <laughs> And Cage is great. And it's like younger Cage, too. So it's, you know, like he's, oh, it's so good. And it's this really cool sort of, yeah, weird Western. I've never seen it. I have to check it out. It's, you know. Oh, it's awesome. He brought the flagship man. uh... I remember being like, maybe like an indie darling at the time. And, you know, this was before... Uh, Soderbergh. So it's like before indies were really on everybody's radar. And this was like one that sort of broke through because it was like, oh, Dennis Hopper and like Nick Cage and, and all that. So like, yeah, Dennis Hopper plays a wild man in black type of cowboy, crazy maniac kind of dude. In the, and so it's great. It's awesome. So those are my two picks. Awesome. You know, I mean, that sounds like a very interesting night. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, thanks so much for taking a part in our March Madness this year and talking about Hoosiers. And, you know, I I think we had fun. Like you said, we made progress on the film while discussing it. Right. Yeah, I definitely had a lot of fun, you know, and uh, someone who sort of portrayed online as uh, less of a sports film fan. I actually am a sports film fan in reality. Like I do like these movies and yeah, you know, Teen Wolf and Hoosiers couldn't be more different, but uh, (laughs) I had, you know, such, such a great time. I had so much fun uh, talking about both of them for March Madness. So thanks for having me. Yep. Uh, So, you you know, maybe you want to plug third times or tell people where they can follow you. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, cageclub.me is the home base where you can find all the shows on the network. My show, Third Time's a Charm, that I 
my solo production over there. The rumor is this is the final year of that show, so uh, go on over there. This in March is uh, Back to the Future Part Three with uh, my good friend Dan Cologne joined me over there. He's not only my horror consultant but a Back to the Future enthusiast, so we have a lot of fun talking about not just Part Three, but we you know we talk a little bit about the whole franchise uh, with that one. More Michael J. Fox for you, Teen Wolf fans. Um, oh yeah. I know this show comes out on Friday, but also on Fridays. I mean, Fridays are just for fun. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. like, so much Absolutely. happens. We got your whole weekend planned because alternating Fridays, me and co-founder Joey, Joey Lewandowski, we do the Tom Tom Club, which is we're watching every Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise movie in order, and we alternate every Friday which Tom episode we release. So either if it's Cruise or Hanks, every other Friday. You get a new one. I'm sorry, I'm not sure exactly what's coming out this Friday. I don't know where we are in sort of <laughs> recording time and space right now. But definitely check in every Friday for new episodes of that. Going strong. That's a lot of fun. When Tom Tom Club ends, will you start like a, a new Tom Tom Club, like Tom Hiddleston and Tom Holland, <laughs> Tom, Tom Hardy? Ooh, Tom Hardy would be interesting. I'll watch all those movies just to talk about Venom at some point. <laughs> we can <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's at least three Toms of comic book movies, right? Hardy, Hiddleston, and Holland. And Holland, yeah. Triple triple T. You can do that. <laughs> yeah, and I don't really know Tom Hiddleston from much aside from Loki, so that could be kind of fun, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. We'll see. <laughs> it's weird because Tom Hanks is TH, Tom Hiddleston is TH, Tom Hardy's TH, and Tom Holland TH. Jesus, what is happening over there? <laughs> the TH is since so common. You know, there's like, there's like numerology, but it's like letterology. I don't know. <laughs> well, there's, yeah. My name's alliterated, right? Mike Manzi, so. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah, that's, kind of, that's kind of like a comic book character, right? Peter Parker and all that kind or of stuff. Or I would stuff. say like, like Michael Mann, like the acclaimed director of Michael Mann. <laughs> that's right. Get me confused with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mike, it was a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you, Brian. Talk to you soon. And it is indeed always a pleasure to have the Mikester on, Mike Manzi. I think those are my favorite kind of episodes, right? Like, he said he maybe wasn't known as the biggest sports movie fan, so he had some preconceived notions coming in. I had some preconceived notions coming in. But we watched the movie. We discussed it. And we came to, like, a nice little consensus there. Those are my favorite episodes, right? Like, ones where we don't know how we're going to feel about it until we talk it out and, you know, just have a nice little slumber party before crawling into our sleeping bags and going to bed. Oh, that was fun. Big thank you to Mike Manzi, as always. Now, this is episode 99, actually, if you're checking that little number off on wherever you're listening to us, whether that be Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. And I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but you should hit that subscribe button. You should write us a review. You should give us five stars or whatever ranking system the app has. But anyway, <laughs> you'll notice it is episode number 99. That's right. That makes next week's episode episode 100. And I'm so excited for it. 100. It's a big milestone for me. It's a big milestone for you guys as slumberers. I thank you so much for listening as always. Really appreciate it. So your homework next week is to take the week off of homework. I'm giving you the week off. Social distance with your loved ones or whoever you're allowed to social distance with. Take that time because next week 
Well, I had a little get-together with my friends. This was before we were put under quarantine and restrictions and, you know, again, social distancing. It wasn't existent at this point. It was just the early stages of this. So don't think that, like, I had a party between this episode and next week's episode. But I decided to go with some of my friends to Yonkers Brewery, and we had a blast. Some people who you're going to hear from have been on this podcast before, and we celebrated number 100 together. And that's going to be next week's episode. You're going to hear that live and special recording. Can't wait for you to join us next Friday. So as I mentioned, I had to cut my honeymoon short in South Africa, but being there made me so much more, I don't know, aware of Mandela? I can't say that, because obviously I knew Mandela, but when you're walking in the footsteps of such a great man, you're like, holy shit, this guy is just legendary. Legendary. I thought I would leave with a Mandela quote, and of course a theme song from Hoosiers, or one of the themes, but a Mandela quote, because it's times like these where we need good leadership and good motivational quotes, if you will. (laughs) At least I do. What counts in life is not the mere fact that we have lived. It is what difference we have made to the lives of others that will determine the significance of the life we lead. Those are really important words right now. Take care of yourself. Take care of others as much as you can. But in this time, in this unique situation, taking care of yourself might be the best way you can take care of others. You might not show symptoms, guys, but you could be a spreader or a carrier of this disease. Just heed all the health recommendations, please. Stay safe. Love you slumberers out there. Later, dudes. still here? It's over. Go home. Go.